Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time for the podcaster who's wearing a watch, uh, but I don't need, you know what time it is, it's time for me to go off topic, get mixed up, it's time for me to keep you company, because uh, you, because uh, that's kind of what I do, that's, uh, also, I was trying to think of more witty things to say about not having a watch. You're here just in time for me to go off topic and get mixed up. And if you say, I don't know what you're talking about. I thought this was a sleep podcast meant to keep you company. So you're not alone in the deep, dark night to take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. You're the most important part of the show. But this podcast is very different. Uh, not, not for everybody. Give it a few tries. See how it goes. The structure show is uh, I'm going to do some support for the podcast. There'll be an intro to help you ease you into bedtime. And there'll be an episodically modular bedtime story you could listen to in any order. And it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And uh, thanks for making it possible, patrons. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep trouble staying asleep well welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do with a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm going to do the rest what i'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake whether it's things on your mind that you're thinking about so thoughts, you know, things you're thinking about that, uh, about the past, the present, the future, all those thoughts can come up in my head it's at bedtime. So it could be thoughts, it could be feelings, anything you're feeling physically that's keeping you awake. Uh, it could be f- feelings, emotions uh, related to the thoughts or physical sensations or something else. You know, you could be anticipating something, you could be traveling, you could have guests, could be those changes in the the weather or or it could be something else whatever it is it's keeping you awake i'm here to take your mind off of that and keep you company so that you could fall asleep and you know sometimes we just don't know what it is uh i'm going through that right now not even during you know you say i got a case of the um the blahs is the underselling of it but a case of the blahs you know and so whatever it is that's keeping me awake, I'm here to take your mind off it, as I said, and keep you company so that you could fall asleep. The way I do it on the podcast is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents. So that means my voice is not traditionally soothing, but it's more not bad. You say, well, his voice is okay. It's uh, it's not great, but, it, you know, I don't really, it's the kind of voice I don't want to pay, I, like, I don't mind, but I don't need to pay attention to. So that's a creaky dulcet tone. It's pointless meanders and superfluous tangents mean that I'll go off topic, I'll get mixed up in the middle of talking about one thing, then I'll remember something else, then I'll try to remember what I was remember, talking about, then I won't remember then I'll get distracted, then I'll go on a tangent, and then hopefully I could get back to, you know, the original point, if there was one. At that point, it'll be more like the original nub, but which I have on the back of my head. That comes up every once in a while. 
and then and then I get to misuse the word vestigial. I have a vesti- like it's not a vestigial nub. I guess the nub ideally would be remnant of some something vestigial that's no longer there. But I don't know if that's the right word. Even it's a word I use incorrectly many times, and 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 that would be a superfluous tangent. You might say, Scoots, I'm new to the show. Tell me more about this before you get to the podcast and everything. Uh, what do you mean a nub? It's a great question. It's very small, not not noticeable because my hair covers it. Even when I don't have hair, sometimes there'll be a bald spot there when I would go to a barber because uh, they wouldn't even notice the nub till they were buzzing it. Uh, and then because the nub is a, it's a raised area made of B-O-N-E. Uh, underneath, you know, you can only feel it. Uh, to me, you, you'd say, what do you, like, I've talked about this, but it's been a while. I always re- imagined as a kid that it was like, a like once I figured out what a ball, it took me a long time to understand what a ballpoint pen was. Uh, I don't know why. And I don't know why I, I'm someone who thinks about, I mean, I guess that's why I make a sleep podcast. You, so you spent a lot of your childhood thinking about ballpoint pens? No. The ballpoint that became a selling point at some point during my youth. It, here's the thing. Here's a, like a, I don't like to throw these words out there, but one of the greatest, uh, uh, I guess the only word I can say is SCAM ever, ever pulled in the, in the late eighties and early nineties was erasable, the erasable ink. And any left-hander that was school age or professional during that era will tell you that, uh, some reason that one does not get the press it deserves. Uh, maybe now they have erasable ink, but here's the thing they should have called it ink that doesn't really dry. So it makes a giant mess if you're left-handed or messy or anybody's going to touch it. By the way, you could erase it, but it's because mostly because it's not dry. Maybe, I don't know, or it's just not like uh, it's ink-like. But are you, okay, back to my, back. To, there's a tangent within a tangent. So, at some point, I started to imagine this snub, not, not snub, nub, in the back of my head. Oh, where is it? Um, Good question. If you're right in the middle of the back of my head, but towards the bottom, like the, the top of my neck, the bottom, of, which is the middle, you know, right around, like if you were looking at the back of my head and you had like some, you're doing some sort of measurements, or for not, you know, amateur. If you're an amateur phrenologist, uh, you'd say it's pretty close, to, oh, closely aligned with your ear, your uh, ear holes, or whatever. But I mean, I would say it's probably somewhere where my amygdala meets my cranium. But I'm not, you know, but but that's probably incorrect. Uh, uh, it's probably why my lizard brain stays extra extra active. Uh, it's uh, and my mammalian brain. They're they're in constant they're in constant flux because m- m- my nub uh, you'd think it would offer extra protection but it's a vesti- whatever a vestigially had maybe did and then my br- those parts of my brain are my, my the old brain stem oh what was they saying I don't know I had another topic in there oh so I used to fantasize that it was a ball and I'm not kidding not when I was a little kid either when I was a, of pen using age which probably is high school I guess. And middle school, uh, I don't even know if in middle school you're allowed to use pen. And that's when they tried to push these, like, uh, they said, why is your paper such a mess? They say, why don't you call one of these, uh, why don't you call Big Ink? And uh, 
what you call Big Pen. There's only two companies that make these things, and uh, clearly they're up to some. Uh, my papers, it's not my fault. My paper's a mess. I was hoping they have the option to erase all my mistakes. Uh, clearly, that's bad. Clearly, as always, that backfires on me. Uh, so, okay. Oh, so I used to just imagine, I guess that was, this may be one of the more boring tangents I've ever gone on. I just took six or seven minutes to explain a story that said, and then I imagined a nub within my head was a ball, like in a ballpoint pen, even though it's not like a ball bearing. And I would rub the back of my head against something hard, like a wall or a really high back, any, any smooth uh, object, uh, Always upright. I never did it lying down. Probably too much gravity. And I would imagine that it was a ballpoint pen. I wouldn't imagine I was writing or drawing. Great question. You you just thought of there. I just I don't. Yeah. These. This is how you become a sleep podcaster. Uh, clearly. Yeah. I didn't imagine those. These are good questions. Reasonable questions. You're thinking of. Uh, did I imagine I was drawing something or writing something? No. I just imagined. That there was a, just imagining of the, it's like almost like if I was writing fan fiction about the ball in a ballpoint pen. The ballpoint pen ball. I guess that'll be tonight's episode. Let me write that down. There's a delicious piece of irony. You know, I did that with the ballpoint pen, of course. Uh, first, it took me a while to find it. Big, made by, free, free pen, but made by one of the big pen companies. I don't even know if all, both of them are still around. There's been more. I think when I was a kid, there was only two. Now there's more. At least there's more brands. There might only be one or two companies that own the brands. Okay, so where was I? I was trying to introduce a sleep podcast that has pointless meanders and superfluous tangents. Well, and uh, I have no idea, like, really why I brought any of that up. But other than as an example of stuff that will take your mind off of stuff and keep you company. And the, the reason I make the show, that's kind of the most important thing I'll tell you. I make the show because I've been there. Oh, boy. Trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep right now and uh, tossing and turning and mind racing. But whatever it is that's keeping you awake, I'm here to take your mind off of that because you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could get some rest and not have to worry about it. Uh, so I'm here to help uh, if I can with that. Uh, and and uh, like uh, be, because the reality is not only do you deserve a good night's sleep, but, but if you get the rest you need and you deserve, like a bedtime you don't dread, uh, your life's going to be better. Your life's going to be more manageable. That means the world we live, it's important. It's important to me and it's important to the people around you and it's important to everybody listening to the show because they can relate. So I'm glad you're here. Now, the thing is, this podcast is very different. You already heard, I mean, you already are like, holy cow, this guy, he's really publicly sharing. And they say, no, this isn't the third or fourth time I've talked about my nub. Uh, I've moved, we, we, I think it, we came up with a couple of songs, Emmett Otter and the Jug Band. They, 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 you know, they came up with songs about it. Talked about how it's good for, uh, if I had a cap, uh, with the plastic, the, the caps with the plastic thing, you can hook it, hook, 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 hook under my nub or whatever. Other than that, it's good for like uh, the middle stages of a relationship for the other person to laugh at me. You know, it, it brings levity in that situation. 
doesn't bother me. I'm not self-conscious about my nub. I, you know, except when it gets buzzed, uh, but I don't get a buzz cut anymore or that kind of barber cut. Uh, but that's more because I have to answer the question. They say, you got a little, oh, I say, that's my nub. That's the old nub, that's the nub buzz. Uh, what if I rub your nub, I'll get a buzz? No, I don't think so. Uh, okay, so, oh, so the podcast is very different. Give it a few tries. That's what a million people probably have said. It takes two or three tries to get used to the show. Because it is something you don't really listen to. You just kind of barely listen. I'm more here to keep you company than to put you to sleep. I'm here to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your neighbor, your boar burr, your friend in the deep dark night to keep you company uh, so that you can fall asleep. Whether you're awake or asleep, I'm here. So some people, they can't sleep. They listen to the show because they're not going to sleep. And I'm here to keep you company if you can't sleep. But I'm here to keep you company just as much if you're not listening to me at all or you got me on a mumble, whatever it is. I'm here to take your mind off of stuff and be a presence, even if it's just a mumbling, rambling presence across a room or in another room. My job is to be here for you. And ideally, that gives you enough distraction or comfort so that you can fall asleep or that it takes away some of that feeling in the deep, dark night. Like I said, when you got a case of the, something stronger than the blahs, uh, as I, I have, uh, going on a little bit, uh, but by the time you hear this, uh, the, like I'll be, you know, I, I have, I have plenty of th- resources to deal with my b- b- blahs. Uh, and I record these episodes months and months before they come out. So thank you for thinking about me. And that being being one of the things is that being a service and being a help helps me. So uh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. It more keeps you company. It's very different. Not everybody likes it. Some people loathe it. If you already loathe it, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you has plenty of other options there for you to check out other sleep podcasts and other sleepy stuff because whether you like me or the show or not it doesn't change the fact you deserve a good night's sleep so those options are out there and what else do you need to know what else can i help you with um i don't know uh not going to put you to sleep. I'm here to take your mind off stuff. Oh, structure the show. That's the last thing I got to tell you about. Show starts off, it's structured in a very specific way. Starts off with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. So you feel seen and welcome. Uh, and you say, okay, maybe I could check the show out. And maybe I say something silly or lighthearted. You say, okay, this might be my style. Then there's support for the show. So the podcast is free twice a week for whoever wants to listen with over 500 episodes in the archives. What makes that possible are the people that directly support the show or support the sponsors. And that's how we're able to put in all the work it takes to be here for you for free twice a week. Then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time and support for communities around the show. Then there's an intro, and the intro, some people associate with the sponsors and the support, but it's a show within a show to give you time to wind down, to give you some transition from wake to sleep. So you can use the intro in different ways. You could use it while you're getting ready for bed, while you're in bed, or while you're doing some other chill activity, or while you're drifting off. Uh, But the intro is designed to ease you into bedtime. 
and it's different every time. So it has a piece of some, some familiar structure, but some variety. So whatever part of you is keeping you awake, you can't adjust and say, oh boy, here comes Scoots again. A thousand times he's talking, he'll say, nope, now he's going to talk about uh, ballpoint pens, fan fiction or whatever. So uh, that's the, the intro. There's a couple percentage of people that skip the intro. There's a couple thousand people that pay to listen to story-only episodes, but there's more people that pay to listen to all intro episodes, I think, or maybe it's about the same. So just kind of see how it goes at first. You can set a sleep timer. You can listen all night. Uh, you know, just to, but the, the intro is a part of the show uh, to, 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 as a part of people's bedtime and wind-down routines. Uh, then there's support, again, between the intro and the story. So the show could be free and it's optional to pay for instead of being a part of a paid service or whatever. So that's uh, the, the the intro, then the, the support, then there'll be a story. Apparently tonight it'll be the ballpoint ball. I don't know. I'll, I'll try. I'll think of whatever. I don't know. We'll come up with a story for about ballpoint pens or something or maybe erasable ink. And, uh, yeah, and then there's thank yous at the end. So this is the structure of the show. That's why I make this show. I'm glad you're here. I work really hard at your next drive. I really appreciate you coming by. And I really hope I hope I can help you get to sleep. Uh, and here's a couple ways I'm able to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. It's uh, Scoots here. It's, it's tonight's episode. Apparently, according to the to the, the message I got from past Scoots, is called the Midnight Ball Ball. Or the no 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 not the Midnight Ball Ball, but the uh, it's called the, the Ballpoint Ben Ballpoint Pen Ball. And, uh, I don't know, I guess like I was thinking, well, what would that episode be about? It's not obvious. And then I realized I haven't done a, a my life with a perm episode in a long time. And, uh, I did talk about erasable ink pens, which happened to coincide with, uh, my awareness of my hair as a liability as a child or a young adolescent or pre-adolescent. So, and that, that was when I was using erasable ink pens. So I'm wondering if there's a way we could build some bridges uh, from the past uh, to the present into another world where, uh, I don't know, things go well. So if you're new, it, it, it's been years, I think, since we've done um, a uh, My Life with a Perm episode. So I will set this up uh, is uh, Once Upon a Time... I was a young lad, and uh, like other young lads, uh, I had, you, you know, I, I was born with hair, you know, hair follicles, like a lot of people. Now, my hair is very thin and very fine. And when I say thin, I guess, I don't know, because I only have my head of hair, and I don't think it's really appropriate, even with someone, I've never really looked at a lot of people's scalps before you know and uh, studied their hair so honestly i don't know what people mean when they say thin hair like i wonder for me this is so this is just speculation but i'm pretty sure i'm right uh, when i say my hair is thin i think it's a twofold thing i think my actual hairs if you were to measure them their their diameter is thinner than uh 
like other ones. Like, so you have different podcast or uh, podcasts, like you have different pasta sizes, right? Like, I think you got your spaghetti. I don't know, is linguine flat or is linguine a circle too? But you have a spaghetti and angel hair would be in fettuccine. There's fettuccine, lingu- think fettuccine's flat, uh, linguine. I don't know. But so you have different types of pasta. There's different shapes. I mean, if you had linguine, like a flat hair follicle, that would, you'd probably be famous. Uh, or, you know, that'd be, I'm sure, I wonder if there is. Uh, but so, um, where was I? Uh, like, so, um, so I'm, I'm presuming, and this is a presumption, that the diameter of my hair, much thinner than, I don't think many people have angel hair thickness uh, hair. So you say, wow, it, like angel must have a very strong core and, you know, bone structure to hold up the hair that, that is the diameter of angel hair pasta. Also, what the heck, who came up with that? I, I mean, I'm sure it was a marketing term, but it's like, ain't, no, no, no. First of all, the angels would be like, we don't need you eating our hair. It's just hair. It's for uh, no one, even in heaven, we don't know. that It's keep our heads warm, I guess, uh, technically. Uh, we and keep the sun off our heads maybe i don't know uh we, we, like we don't think about it angels we kind of t- we, we're in such great shape we don't we take our hair for granted we don't even think about our hair uh so don't eat you we shouldn't be eating it even symbolically that is uh you know hum, humans you're so interesting really you named a pot you're eating a pasta named after our hair do you think about it when you're eating? Not really. You just think, oh, this is thinner than spaghetti. Great. Uh, that's all I think about. Um, so, oh, so well, what was I talking about? My hair. So my hair, I would assume, is 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 thinner in that sense. And I think it's probably more spread out, uh, which is probably when people say you have thin, because when you say you have thinning hair, I think that means the space between the follicles is less uh, like uh yeah, it's like I'm trying to less dense. Your density per square per square micrometer, or whatever. So I think my hair follicles are probably more spread out than someone that has a more robust head of hair. And so I don't know, like, because you can even see it when your hair gets buzzed. When my hair gets buzzed, you can see a lot of scalp. But other people, I think, uh, and I don't know if that's the density both. Uh, the distribution of follicles or the diameter of the hair the follicle produces. Uh, but for me, both of those are on the thin side, always have been. So that's one part of my hair that, that's important is it's thin or fine. I guess, oh, you say your hair is fine. So I guess that's another way of saying uh, when they say fine, though, that means your strands are uh, of low, like a lower diameter. Now, the good thing about that is my hair is very soft. Uh, I mean, I don't mind saying it's uh, it's soft. It's also my hair is incredibly straight. Now, people will look at my hair today and say it looks like it has some bends to it, but it, it uh, it's mostly either product that's moving my hair, you know, holding my hair or uh, natural uh, greases, uh, if, you're, if my hair looks like it's falling in place. And I do wonder about my part but let's stick with my hair my actual physical properties of my hair 
And if you say, like, give me a way to describe it, say, like, you, some people hear, you hear hair described like corn silk. And I would say, like, idealized corn silk, because when you get down to corn silk, you're like, what the heck is this stuff? Uh, like, just like angel hair pasta. Like, when you're actually dealing with corn silk, you're like, this is not something, but, but like, uh, you know what I mean? So my hair was always, it just, and it just fell like it, oh, it also grows. Like I've been told it grows in the wrong direction. Like, and I think somebody tried to describe it to me. Like most people's hair follicles are pointed maybe backwards. My hair follicles are maybe pointed a little bit more forwards. This could be speculation as well. Uh, but you know, let's speculate, you know, why not? Uh, so those are a couple pieces of information about my hair. And uh, and then I don't believe I have a natural part. Because even now, like the, like I've been getting my hair uh, cut uh, or, you know, glamour, whatever, by, since I grew it out uh, as a part of the um, past couple years, um, the, uh, the, the, the woman that does my hair, Beyond the Ponytail, if you want to check, check Angela, uh, check, check her out on Twitter. Uh, she, she does part my hair in a certain way and then cut my hair. So I don't know, like, uh, and I don't even know, I don't know if I, I mean, I guess because of my own experience, I said, is there really a natural part in people's hair or not? And I, I mean, I'd like to get on someone like an anthropologist or, you know, to say, oh, like, really? Like, uh, our hair, I mean, I, maybe there is isn't. they said, well, you can see, but if you didn't cut your hair or your bangs and you had a natural part, it'd be easier to see stuff. Uh, and I say, okay, I could buy that for right now. So those are a couple things about my hair. Like that's a little bit of a hair background. So, the, so what that means is that as a child, you get you you get the hair you you get you, like I guess a part of me just said you get the hair you deserve, and I say, oh boy, thanks for not, thanks a lot, and that's what the angel you get the angel hair you deserve or the, not the angel hair, and I say, well maybe that's true, maybe it led me. I mean, I guess that's what these are all about. You get the hair you need to become who you're going to be or whatever, and that road is not all it has its bumps and. Uh, you know, yeah, so it's not always easy. So, but so, um, uh, okay, so my hair, though, my hair cuts before as a child, we'll just run through them for your own entertainment. So I mostly had a bowl cut or like some sort of bangs. I wouldn't say a bowl cut because, uh, like uh, the bowl cut is not, it's more of like a two bowl cut because uh, your bangs were one layer trimmed one way and then the back of your hair was trimmed another. Though there were times I had a bowl cut. But most of the time it was like a two layer, like a two way thing. And so, um, uh, you know, most of your childhood, you don't really care, right? Like uh, your hair is just your hair. I mean, maybe some people do, or maybe it's part of your family value system, and that's fine. And if you have good hair, or you come from a hair family with high hair value, and you have good hair, or you're taught how to groom it, maybe that's like part becomes part of your. I mean, maybe in a positive way, it becomes part of your identity. For me, initially, it wasn't really part of my identity. I just didn't think about it very much. Uh, 
And I guess this goes back to the thinness is, again, when my hair is just lying flat against my scalp, uh, there's not much of a protective layer there. Like, literally, it's like uh, like like having just wearing a piece of paper where, you know, so you see some people have a lot thicker hair. Like the, the idea that my hair is providing warmth. I mean, I guess it is does provide some reflectivity. So, so that was my haircut for most of my childhood until, and even into, um, up until at least sixth grade, I did I had no hair awareness. My hair awareness was zero. Uh, and I don't know the first time, I don't think that, like, I think in like fourth, fifth and sixth grade, and this might be a little strong for some people though, the things that kids point out, like they don't start pointing out your hair until uh, pre, 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 you know, pre, like till your adolescence, right? That, uh, they're, they have other things like your clothes. There's other more, I had more obvious things, uh, other than my hair that it weren't necessarily going for me. But then like around fifth or sixth grade, like I was behind the times, right? Because I was just, uh, aloof and like it just but some of my friends you know they started to get into pairings or you know imaginary pairings or you know we've talked about this before you know hand holding and that kind of stuff and then but then you go into seventh and eighth grade and everybody's uh growing up at a different speed right and that causes some ruckus uh and it causes a realignment of values. And even in there, I'd have to look at pictures of myself. I don't think I really cared about my hair, even in, at least in seventh grade. Now, at that point, it did become a uh, hurdle. And I'll have to try to figure out what I looked like back then. Uh, but my hair was still thin and fine. And, you know, I, but again, I had other things not going for me. But that was like the high point of my life. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Seventh grade, and this is going to sound like I'm being ironic or uh, self-deprecating, but it's the truth. It was probably the best thing that ever happened to me um, was that we had tracking in our school, right? Uh, And so the the school I went to had five seventh grades, uh, seven, one, seven, two, seven, three, seven, four, and seven, five. And seven one was for the kids. The, however, they decided it. Uh, there, the, and they didn't have. This wasn't to assist us uh, because they didn't have. Like I think they had some basic assistance for people with learning differences, but this wasn't like how it is today. Like where it's like, okay, these are the, the kids. We're going to focus on some uh, their learning differences and help them. This was more like give us everyone. And they had one other group that was like, like also like uh, challenging, but that's going to be challenging for the teach for classroom management. Uh, and they said, whatever is going to cause, you know, there's different ways you're going to disrupt the classroom. Let's gather all those kids in one place. And honestly, I mean, I don't think the 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 higher set the higher you got in the sevens, their expectation for your success was much higher. I mean, that's just the truth. And that seven five was like the advanced kids, and seven one was the exact contrast to that. But that was like, if I look back and see what was the happiest you were in your life, uh, where there was like a balance of um, 
like where you were being yourself and you weren't overthinking it. Uh, you had the freedom to be yourself and you hadn't had the, like, uh, you know, and I mean, I think it was cause I was pre-adolescent I was behind the, 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 you know, I was lower on the curve. So my evolution hadn't kicked in. So, um, so I was so happy because I was among people I could relate to really like, uh, people that had, uh, trouble with authority figures and maybe they couldn't, they had their troubles manifested in different ways and people that were at my level. And for the most part, the teachers really did, did well. It wasn't like, uh, I have a lot of memories of te- like, like, uh, like, so it was like, I don't know. Like, I was just so happy. I was socially, like, I felt like so comfortable. So it was like this amazing time in seventh grade and eighth grade. And I don't know, but at some point between eighth grade and 10th grade, my hair became what I would describe as a problem. Now, that was because at seventh grade, I still had, what is that called? Like, not innocence, but I still wasn't overly consumed with my attraction to, 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 to like, or my image and how it related to me being attractive to, to, to girls I was attracted to. And kind of obsessing about that, right? And, uh, but at some point between eighth grade, you know, between eighth and 10th grade, that like slowly dawned on me that one of the pro, like, and, and again, I was actually incorrect uh, in some sense, but one of, I assumed that one of the things I, under my control that was affecting this was my hair. And, a lot of my friends had good hair. That's one of the things I always talk about on this, my life with the perm thing is that my friends had good hair. And so I took it under my, and we all got our haircut at the same place. And I would try different haircuts, parting it in the middle, greasing it. At one point, um, I guess it looked like Marty McFly because it was like a close, close cut and then long and then whatever. And then some some classmates tried to help me, and they said, "Hey, do, like go, like just let your hair flow." And 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 now that's where I'm at. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. And that never worked out. And then I, I guess then I grew really long bangs, like to my chin, and I would wear a hat or whatever. Like uh, I just had that super long bang look, but very unstyled and and like, uh, but not in a way of like total confidence. Like I was hiding behind my bangs. Uh, and it was like a way of saying, I don't care about my hair instead of loving it. And then, um, at some point in adulthood, again, I still had the same problem. Um, and it's supposed to be, I never had like a business job, but you know, I had jobs I had to go to. And at some point, like in my, maybe my twenties or thirties, I was like, oh, let me just buzz my hair. Then I don't have to think about it at all. And I guess that became like, it was like, okay, that's just how it's going to be now. It's like, but I'm going to be a buzz cut guy. And then what happened during 2020, like I said, oh, I'll just grow my hair out anyway. And then I had the idea, oh, maybe we could raise money for, for, for a nonprofit if I get, grow my hair out and get a perm. But people then, it's hard to get people that listen, they're falling asleep to a podcast to do stuff. So we couldn't even, couldn't really get anybody involved with that. And so that didn't work, but I kept growing my hair out. And then I realized, huh, like, uh, 
if, if like, I, like it went through a very strange phase, but then I said, oh, wait, I like kind of having hair. And then I found someone that's uh, very capable, and she actually took the time to kind of get to know what she was working with and the best way to approach it. And so then it's like, okay, now at this point, I'm like, I'm fine with my hair. Like, and it's like people, and I'm saying, okay, sometimes it looks a little bit like seventies uh, or whatever, but I'm like, whatever. So all that said, that's kind of sets up this idea of my life with a perm, which we'll jump to. So, uh, so my hair was uh, dissatisfactory and, you know, but so I always wonder if there's, you know, and now, you know, again, these uh, the Hollywood purveyors of, uh, universe, you know, different universes. Now we've had this particular year, or I guess over a year, not a calendar year. We've had uh, a great, a really good TV show about multiverses. We had a great independent movie, or I guess I'm saying it's independent, uh, but uh, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, about uh, different universes and uh, probably different. Well, yeah, then uh, different movies with multi, you know, multiverses, whatever it is. So we've had a lot of this uh, pervade to us in different ways. Or yeah, but for me, like this was pretty. You know, I, I said, is there a universe where I have good hair, and am I living? And I mean, obviously, I say, of course, but I say, okay, could I access that world, please? Uh, and uh, say, don't judge that version of yourselves outside by your insides. Uh, they never, they, that's what they always say. They don't show that in the Marvel movies or the, you know, uh, I don't know if maybe if anyone could have that conversation, it would be Michelle Yeoh to say, okay, don't judge, because uh, that's what, kind of what she was going through, right? Her Right? Is that in that? I mean, part of it. So, but so, yeah. And, and the reason I ask that is, that, is just like we're splitting hairs now, they say, the, the, who's they? Oh boy, the great uh, creators of uh, multiverse fiction. That's who they is. But in this, they say, okay, when a decision is made, that's when the universe is split. I think that's explained multiple times in multiple different ways. And so in my life, that did happen, really. This isn't fiction. When Frank Z, who cut my friend's hair, and again, this was with some of my friends that already hit puberty. I had not, uh, some of them had a self-confidence or like, a, uh, you know, the, the, the attractiveness that I did not have. And I was always judging their, you know, my insides by their outsides, too. But they all got, or one of my friends got their hair with this guy, Frank Z. Then we all started getting our hair cut there. And we'd only go to Frank Z. So the poor other, every once in a while, I would, I would be afraid and I would just go with another barber. And my friend said, you know, afterwards we do, they say, the reason your hair looks like that is because you didn't get it from Frank. Uh, you got to wait and, and, and be patient uh, and say no. So it was an opportunity, for, that was an opportunity for me to learn a boundary. And be like, there's a reason that guy is four chairs down from Frank. Uh, and they'd say, because, uh, but whatever. Uh, so eventually I would wait for Frank. Now, Frank had, uh, I, I believe at the time, a perm. And uh, 
and that, that that just sticks out to me in my memory. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not on perms on on dudes. Uh, like they've gone in and out of fashion. And I don't, but I, I don't know. Like I'd be hard pressed to say who wore it, who wore it well. I'm sure there are people, and that'd be cool to point out to me, like uh, who wore a perm well, like and not just natural curly hair. I'm talking about f- fake natural curly hair. Because I could tell you, I have some cousins that had curly, naturally very curly hair, and they wore it well, like uh, uh, Matt Miles, and and still, uh, like, uh, what was my point? Okay, so one time I was getting my hair cut from Frank, and after Frank started cutting my hair, one of his things was that I had so many cowlicks, uh, and he loathed my cowlicks, uh, and I think, I guess a cowlick is that the cow's saliva is so uh, non-viscous that if a cow was to lick your head, your hair would stand up. And it's if a cow licked me at all, all my hair would stand up. First off, like, why is a cow so, why is a cow licking me? Why is a cow so close? Why is a cow licking my head? My hair's going to stand up. Uh, I mean, maybe even stands up because it tick. I mean, I would presume it would tickle. Like, even if it was if it was a surprise, my hair would stand up. If it was some sort of strange, like, unexpected thing, it would... Or if it was like, hey, come over, meet Birdie. She's uh, she's going to lick you. She's the cow that licks people. She loves it. It's good for her, too. So she keeps her salt up, uh, so don't worry about it. She's going to... Oh, boy, there she goes. Like, my hair would still stand up because I say, oh, boy, I, I would giggle like the Pillsbury Doe person. So... Oh, okay, so so Frank, he loathed my uh, cowlicks. And then one day he proposed to me, and I was there with all my friends. Uh, and I don't know how we decided the order. I was definitely not, I did not go first, I can tell you that. Unless it seemed like Frank was having a bad day or something. So, um, what, so okay, what, what happened? Um. So one time, Frank was cutting my hair, complaining about my cowlicks. He said, listen, the next time you come in, I want you to grow your hair out uh, even longer. And then we give you a nice perm like mine. And we'll put a little curl in your hair. And I even looked at him like, this is most, this is, and he goes, so trust me. Now, he was trying to be, I think, in the end, I think he may have been misguided. But that's why I have to explore this universe stuff. Uh, but he said, Hey, if I could cut your hair, if I could, uh, like, uh, if I perm your hair, you're li- like, it'll be give a little bit of curl. We won't have these cow licks. It'll be really nice. Trust me like me, but his hair was different. His hair, he didn't have the same hair I had or the same face, you know? I mean, I would say for, for, well, I can't say he wore it well. He wore the perm the best he could in it fit his character, but he was very encouraging. And I don't know if my friends heard it or if they said anything or I said anything to them, but I probably kept it to myself. But I can remember later being in the bathroom in the basement of our house, looking in the mirror and looking at my hair. And again, it had, it was impacting my self-image. And again, in a different world, someone would have said, hey, don't worry. You know, but again, you got to go, this is like adolescence, you know, it's part of adolescence. If it's not your hair, it's going to be something else. It's part of your journey. 
Maybe someone could have said that. I wouldn't have believed him at the time. Or maybe somebody did say, hey, yeah, you don't like your hair. It it doesn't, it, you feel like it impacts your attractiveness and your self-confidence. And maybe it does. And that's tough. It's part of being an adolescent. Don't worry. After you've lived like a, many, many decades, you'll be comfortable with your hair. But it'll take a, you know, it'll take a lot, uh. So maybe one, maybe you're, maybe you became comfortable with something else before you were comfortable with your hair. So I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking about what Frank said. And also I was afraid of this boundary thing of just saying no. So I was like, hopefully he'll forget about it. But I said, maybe he's right. Uh, what would it be like? And some part of me, some wiser part of me in that universe, I thought said, don't do it, man. Like you are not Frank. Like picture his hair on you in the mirror. And I pictured it and I said, okay, like I have a pretty high forehead. My hair is thin. I think, you know, some of my facial features are large, you know. And so I said, oh, you're right. Like uh, his hair on you, you're not like just just picture his hair on you. It doesn't work. Uh, Don't do it. But I do wonder if there's a world where I did it and it went well. Like, what would that be like, you know? Did it so that's my life with a perm, and I think about ballpoint pens, right? And this idea this was at the same time, uh, the, the so at some point they came up with these pens called erasable ink pens, or, or I think that's what they were called, and they kind of came out of nowhere, at least in my mind. And, and I it was like uh, I was still in grammar or elementary school or primary school, depending where you how what are you what do you call it? When these pens came out, and at some point, like the nuns in our school, let us go from using pencils to pens, and we'd use pencils for math and pens for other stuff. And anybody that listens to this podcast knows, um, or maybe you don't know. Like, uh, when I have learning, like, like I have dyslexia, I have not, like, I've not taken tests for other things, but maybe like, who knows? I learn differently than a lot of other people. Uh, and that's okay. I also am left-handed and then I also some, some, um, some also impact my ability to write with good penmanship. Physically, so like, uh, so, so, so physically, my not only am I left-handed, but physically, my penmanship is affected by something. And so, I had all that going for me in an age of Catholicism, where penmanship was like, honestly, we talk about confusion or stuff, and I think it was more not just in Catholicism or Catholic school. But that somehow penmanship was considered, uh, was equated with intelligence and, you know, conscientiousness and goodness in, in some sense. Even though it was, you'd say, well, that was like not, that should have stopped in the, like, 20 years before you're taught. And I say, yeah, I know, but there's there's holdouts. But also, like, because I wasn't a good student, I made a lot of errors, right, Uh and I had a lot of challenges with school. So this, these invisible, erasable ink pens were presented as a panacea of for people like me to be able to like, okay, you're supposed to be writing in pen. Yeah, now you can fix your mistakes uh, even when you write in pen. 
And this was one of those ones that, uh, and maybe it's just because of right-handers, but I can't imagine that right-handers, and again, I know Rusty Biscuit's going to look up some great articles about this, but I can't imagine that it was just left-handers that were impacted by what I could say was a scam. Like, uh, this erasable ink was just ink that didn't dry, that you could erase it, and, and whatever. The eraser just absorbed the ink. Uh, and maybe that's what an eraser does with a pencil. On it. I think so. But a pencil's like dust, uh, so it picks up the dust and, and rolls it up in the eraser, whatever, and flakes off. First of all, whoever invented erasers, holy mackerel, you're brilliant. But so the idea of the pen was that it was it was just like a pencil, but it was pen, so it's permanent. And may, I don't think this thing ever dried, uh, like, uh, properly, that you could erase it at any point. But because, you know, for most left-handers, are for whatever reason— or at least for me, when I'm writing my entire uh, side of my, the heel of my hand or the palm, yeah, the side of my hand is on the, is on the table or on the paper. And then I write from left to right across a page. So my, like it would constantly, my, my hand would be covered in ink. There'd be fingerprints or palm prints of ink everywhere and the ink would be smudged. But it was like a trade-off. I mean, I think they flooded the market with these pens, too. Or maybe it was just a pen preference at my family because you had to bring your own pens to school. I'll have to ask my dad about it but because um, I'm pretty sure I can see him having a lot of, like, uh, but uh, huh, that's interesting. So maybe it was just me. Again, I'm making it about the world, but maybe it was just me. But so my stuff went from looking poor, I had poor penmanship and poor neatness to like looking way, 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 way worse. Uh, But the option of erasing it or maybe it was just the pens that I had uh, access to. Um, And again, this wasn't because of deprivation. Like if, if I was supposed to ask for pens, there's the last thing in the world I would do. I'd just find pens. So that's the situation we find ourselves in with straight-haired Andy. But, like, if we go and we close our eyes and we look at the um, we look at the uh, world again, things get fuzzy. There I am writing at my desk, uh, shoulders slumped, a hand, the scent of wet ink, uh, my paper smeared with ink and uh, frustrations, uh, but then there's a twinkle in the air as we transver- transverse planes into another world where my hair has a round curl, like a gold Lockean locks streaming off my skull. And maybe this is in this world, it's just my first or second attempt with these pens. Uh, and old sister Sternchin comes by and she says, you know, she makes says, you know, well, that's going to be another thing on your penmanship. Uh, and what's going on? I say, oh, sister, I was trying out these new pens. Uh, have you heard about them? Erasable ink uh, or, or, or erasable. Newfangled pens, she says. Uh, you wouldn't have to erase it if you did it right the first time. And I'd say, yeah, sister, uh, well, you might, like, uh, you're right about that, but, uh, 
I didn't even realize that's a pun, huh, sister? And she says, well, let's look at this. And I say, okay, you're right. Uh, I says, sister, could you smell the ink? Uh, smells different than the other inks, you know, we're used to. And then she, she, sister goes on a soliloquy about uh, feathers and ink, ink, ink jugs and I'd say, well, I definitely wouldn't have made it back. That would have been a lot worse, huh, sister? If I got a fountain pen for Christmas once, I think I ruined a year's worth of clothes. Uh, didn't even use it. Uh, I just wanted one. Like, I'm no calligraphist. I'll never be one. But don't you get some sort of powder or something to sprinkle on that? This one, you don't have any of that, uh, and we don't need it. And I say, I'm sorry, sister, it's clear that this ink in this pen is making my schoolwork more messy than it needs to be while having the option to uh, erase the ink is appealing to most people and is very marketable and also sister oh by the way like uh yes like uh, i'm tempted to put this in you know you know i put a lot of things in my mouth uh especially erasers and uh this and test out their mouthfeel and um these erasers do have an interesting mouthfeel so um i don't know what that has to do with anything sister but that's also on my mind and i'm more impressed with the eraser than the ink but i found a couple things sister in my brief observations the eraser does not really erase regular ink uh and unlike a pencil, there is like a grittiness to this eraser that's different than a pencil eraser. Let me just show you here, sister. If I try to erase the erasable ink with a pencil eraser, it smears and it smudges even worse. And there, like, there's something in the pencil eraser that can't quite get a, um, can't quite get the friction it needs to to take care of the ink. So this has some sort of grit in it, especially because I've chewed, I'll be honest, sister, I've chewed up a couple of these erasers on these erasable ink pens. I know, I know, sister. But uh, it's, it's, it's clear to me that uh, the, they have a grit in there, and the grit is something that helps uh, erase the ink. No, I have, sister, great question. I have not tried to erase any pencil with these erasers. But I have one more point, sister, that I learn. I'm going to learn in the future. But I'm, you know, believe it or not, sister, I'm traveling. I'm a time traveler, and I'm travel. I've traveled to this time to put a stop to this erasable ink thing, or to put make some changes. And I know you're aghast because you think I'm just trying to get out of this math assignment. But it's not a math assignment, sister. This is some sort of other assignment. The math assignment later, while I'll be using a pencil. I forgot my point, though, sister. Something about uh, erasable ink, chewing on the erasers. Sister, I totally forgot what I was talking about. Uh, I was about to make a big point about something, a ballpoint. Uh, but now I forgot where I was going. But it was uh, that this uh, this can't stand. Oh, what I was going to say is in the future, I will actually attempt uh to uh, test out my erasable ink uh, eraser on my report card. And I know this wouldn't let you slip by you, sister, but one of the uh, teachers that's not a nun ends up using erasable ink on the report cards. 
in a normal student sister, they just look at their grades and they accept their grades and they don't look at the ink and analyze the ink uh, because they're a regular kid. But to me at the time, at already, you know, this is two years from today, sister. They're still using erasable ink in two years in the future. And I was able to analyze the fact, just with mere sight and smell, that that was erasable ink. Uh, and I said to myself, that is, uh, I don't know if this is what irony is, uh, but it is delicious. The fact that my report card is made in erasable ink, it's so delicious. Even though this is a decent grade, I believe it was a B, sister, I decided to erase my grade uh, to see if it was truly erasable ink. And it came to my attention, lo and behold, sister, that uh, it was erasable ink, and it came to another classmate's attention who brought it to the teacher's attention, which would, you know, not go well for me. But uh, it was just an experiment. And, uh, like, I want to put a stop to that future, too. I mean, maybe, it'll, you know, maybe it'll, I won't be able to make a sleep pot. Do you know, in the future, sister, I have str- in another world where I don't have a perm to comfort me and to give me this confidence to talk to you using words and being comfortable and saying, hey, I, I don't like this. Uh, in another world, I'm not like, you know, I don't have all these tools. And so... Yeah, I could, like, luckily we're in our universe, sister, and not in that universe. We're just visiting this one. But I'm actually visiting, so maybe I'm being, am I just, sister, do you know if I'm disrupting this universe by telling you? Uh, but wouldn't you like to work with me together to, oh, sister, there's a knock, oh, sister, it's a business person. Hello, you have a briefcase and a suit on. What are you, from Big Pen? You, yeah, okay, I, sister, we have to go with them. Uh Okay, they're taking us uh, somewhere. Okay, we're sister, we're getting in a uh, van. This is uh, Sister Sternface, I call her, and uh, old Furrowbrow. You know, two of those furrows are mine. Out of the, I'm just kidding, sister. You don't really have more than ten furrows. Uh, two of which are mine. Thank you, everybody. So, where are we headed? Oh, uh, to, uh, the, oh, okay. Oh, uh, this is, we're seeing all of the pen, oh, oh, wow. So you really do have a big industry here making, oh, so you want to tell me about, the, this is a tour of the uh, pen production. It's a booming business. Uh, and, oh, there was some lean years before this. Okay, so you're telling me that the invention of erasable ink in quote quotes, uh, by the way, is, uh, is, 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 is a necessary to the economy of this area and that I should be thankful and I shouldn't stir up trouble. Uh, well, let me just, let me just touch this curl here. Do you see, did, did my curl just make a springing sound? Yeah, yeah, it it does. Let me tell you. Let me let me tell you a little thing uh, about uh, this erasable ink. Uh, let's let's sit down. Is this your board? Oh yeah, and your supervisor. Yeah, okay, great. Everybody have a seat here. I'm gonna stand here on your conference table, and uh, I'm here on behalf of myself, left-handers everywhere, and general consumers. Listen, we all know that this ink doesn't really like that. Uh, 
they had maybe had good intentions. Maybe this was an accidental discovery. I have no idea. And I'd love to know, but right now, right now, because I'm trying to make a speech here, like which came first, the eraser or the ink? Uh, and I would love to know the branding meetings to make it a gray eraser because I really appreciate There's So there's a lot of things about your pen I appreciate. Uh, do I prefer chewing on a, a like here's here's one of the things I appreciate. I got to tell you, whoever decided to make the eraser, eraser easy to get out of the pen cap, uh, it really saved my de- dentist a lot of tears because those pencils, they got metal around them. So if you want to chew on a pencil eraser, you're really putting a lot at risk. Where this one, I can just get it out and chew it like gum. Not that I should or that it, that this is total fiction. So if you're listening, and, it, you know, it, it gives me something to play with. You, believe it or not, I've used your eraser as a toy during class. Sorry, sister, but I have. Uh, and as an entertainment object, an object of speculation, a space capsule, uh, many different things. Uh so I appreciate it. those are things I love about your pen. And one day in the future, I'll speculate and fantasize that the back of my head is a ballpoint uh, from a ballpoint pen. But here's the thing. This can't go on. Like, like in our, our world, like this is not going to end well. People are going to, um, I don't know what took people, took the marketplace so long to reject your pens. And maybe it became a niche product. And But think about the money you've invested in this, because uh, I know you're about to do all those expansions you told me about on the tour. Let's agree not to do that. Uh, and uh, w- what we'll do instead is I'll help you. Uh, like, here's the thing. You probably have two companies, right? Uh, this erasable ink company and brand. And then maybe you have another brand. If not, there's a free idea to separate the two products, right? Then what you're going to do is you're going to say, have a ball with a ballpoint. Uh, and you'll put on, you'll start sponsoring balls uh, and uh, ball, ga- like uh, not ball gowns. But yeah, let's do a ball gown scholarship. Every city, you give away a couple ball gowns. You'll sponsor uh, senior balls at high schools. Uh, maybe some other kind of social balls, and you'll say, have a ball with a ballpoint. Uh, and your commercials will show the joy of using a ballpoint pen, the ballpoint pen ball. Maybe you even have that once a year here where we are, which feels somewhere like Scranton or Syracuse, uh, maybe Binghamton, I don't know, but uh, have a ball with ballpoint here. Come on down, have a ball with the ballpoint. Maybe even make it, maybe it's every day. Instead of your tour, make it a ball. Uh, there you even say, and maybe you get some celebrities, left-handed celebrities. Not Ned, One day there'll be a left-handed celebrity named Ned Flanders, but uh, not not yet. But coming very soon, actually. Um and, and that's how you'll fix things. You'll actually use your ballpoint pens with real permanent ink that works uh, against these. And you'll, what you'll do is you'll halt your, you'll, you won't stop production. This will be a niche product. And you could charge more for it uh, instead of going and trying to replace 
the pens that we're already using will do that. So, okay. And that's how, and you could see if you're, if you feel uncomfortable, all of you can sh- touch my curls. Uh, I'll crawl around on this table. It's very strange. Yes, I know. But it's, this is, uh, this is how I'm going to save your business. Uh, and save myself from two to five more years of having to use an ink that doesn't actually dry, but not eliminate it uh, at all. So why don't you all lie down and, and then just rest. Uh, put your heads down on your desk, on this desk conference table. Go ahead and smell the conference table. Feel its war- Feel your breath against it nice and warm. And uh, feel it coming in, getting comfortable, closing your eyes, that desk smell, and uh, get some rest and go to sleep. Good night.